Are you on edge? Come on. We live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs bi-monthly on MaximizeU.life and iTunes. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and courageous conversations about pushing boundaries, exploring our rough edges, and walking between the worlds of what is and what is yet to be. Join me, Sandra Bargeman, on the edge of every day on MaximizeU.life. Hello, everyone. I'm Sandra Bargeman, and welcome to The Edge of Every Day. Are you a change maker? Do you walk between worlds, between cultures, between systems? If you answered yes to any of those questions, The Edge of Every Day is the place for you. In a nutshell, this podcast is about pushing boundaries and exploring rough edges. Through conversations and shared stories with friends and colleagues, it's my hope that we can begin to understand our edges. And what I mean by edges is those places where we are fearful, those places where we're resistant to change, those places where paradox and contradicting identities live in our beliefs and our understandings, both individually and collectively. We live in edgy, challenging times. We cannot keep looking away from the ugly, from the difficult. And silence is no longer an option. Life isn't black or white, it's both. And I wanna talk about that. I wanna face the tension of paradox and I wanna engage in the hard conversations. I want to explore the rough edges between our light-filled brilliance and our dark shadowy corners. Because the more we recognize our own edges and get real about them, the more we can help others to do the same. And that I fully believe can help to change the world. So thanks for tuning in. Today, we are live in the hive for our fourth episode in our new home at MaximizeU.life titled reweaving the ragged edges of our relationship with nature. When did we humans start to separate ourselves from nature? Did it begin with the industrial revolution, which has brought major technological advances when we began to see all of nature as a commodity, an extraction, resources turned into profit, How has organized religion played a role in our sense of dominion over nature rather than being in harmony with the ecosystems that sustain life on earth? How can we find our way back to nature to reweave ourselves back into the kin-centric relationship with all of life? My guests today can help. (laughs) Anita Adams is an award-winning leader and the founder and CEO of Joyful Inspired Living, an organization dedicated to teaching people how to tap into inner wisdom to find clarity of purpose and how to activate that purpose. Anita is passionate about helping people reconnect with nature as a means to connecting with their higher self 
and to raising the collective consciousness. Anita is an entrepreneur with a twist. From turning down a six-figure job to building a nonprofit, moving her family to France for a year, trekking 150 kilometers across the Swiss Alps with her husband and two kids, to getting rid of her possessions and turning nomadic, Anita shares her story and inspires others to have the courage to step away from societal expectations and into a life they love by learning to listen to the whispers of their heart. She is the host of the Joyful Journey podcast, which I've been on, people. <laughs> and Alex Strauss is a certified natural mindfulness guide and nature intuitive. Alex is the author of the best-selling book, The Mindful Walker, she is the host of the Rise Uprooted Wellness Symposium and the creator of the Mindful Walker School of Wellbeing, the world's only training academy focused on mindful movement in nature as a path to better health and more joy. Alex helps earth conscious but busy people find simple, practical, science-backed ways to connect quickly and deeply with the natural world for lower stress, better health, and greater well-being for themselves and the entire planet. Welcome, Alex and Anita. <laughs> what an awesome introduction. Boy, you got, you got a couple of cool guests on your show. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you, yeah, yeah. So for those of you listening in, as I said, I was uh, on Anita's show. And um, actually, was it right around when you started? We were kind of... You were well, one of, yeah, it was early on. It was almost two years ago that uh, I had you on. And you, and that I, I that's around the time that I met you. And I'm saying this because I like to tell my guests how I, I mean, my listeners, how I know my guests. And so, and I subsequently had you on my pat, podcast, that's episode 39 at talkradio.nyc before we moved over here to maximizeyou.life. And you can also find it on my YouTube channel, Sandra Bargeman on the edge of every day, little plugging there. <laughs> um, and I met the wonderful Alex Strauss through you, Anita, in our mastermind that Anita um, began. And I've had the great good fortune to get to know Alex and Anita better in this mastermind. And I am blown away by the work that they are doing in the world. And so again, I welcome you both to the edge of every day. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I like to... Um, I like to ask this question it um, and identity is really, I've come to see how that plays such a, a wild role in all that we do. And it, thankfully we're becoming, we talk more about identity in this identity fluid world that's emerging, but, um, but you could unpack identity in a variety of ways. In fact, we can say that our identity in today's global community does not include nature hmm. which we're going to get into so anyway i'm going to start with you alex what identity do you lead with 
I lead with my identity as a child of the earth. I think um, I, I identify most uh, with the with the natural world and my friends in the natural world. And I absolutely loved in your introduction the word kin-centric. I love that uh, that idea that all of nature is kin. Um, I, I think that's a beautiful uh, a beautiful way to look at it and. Uh, yeah, so I would say that that is has become certainly more my identity than anything else. And when I step out of my door, uh, I it's reinforced day after day under the sunshine, under the sky, by my trees. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I feel that that is the definitely the place that I feel most grounded and I feel most myself. And I guess that's what identity is, right? You know, well, it's like totally. where. Where and how do you feel like you? And that that's that's how I identify primarily. I love it. Well, and I will venture to say Anita Adams feels exact somewhat similar, but I will let her answer that. Anita, what identity do you lead with? Yeah, that's I I, I love being the nature girl. I love being known as the the nature girl and people um you know they think of me and they think of the, the woman who walks in the woods and talks about it, which is which is awesome. Um you know, but it's it's so interesting that you you know you talk about our our identity because it was um, not too long ago where my identity was something completely different and uh the identity Both was one were. that was attached to um, a business that I, I founded and uh, the nonprofit where I got a lot of recognition and I just I clung to that identity and when um, when I was when it when the pandemic hit and it just went everything shifted in my world the fear of losing that identity was what actually sent me into the woods what sent me into the woods to calm my anxiety because i was so wrapped up in the possibility of losing something that that i felt defined me and the fear around well who am i and what am i going to do now was so big and all consuming and i just love that um, it was in nature that I actually really found who I am, you know, and I, I shared this before, but it's it's so good. It's worth sharing again. Uh, my all-time favorite quote by John John Muir: "Into the forest I go to lose my mind and find my soul." And that just is exactly what happened to me. I was so wrapped up in my head and my concerns about who I am or who can I be that I went into the forest and found who I really am. And it's. Uh, somebody that's very connected to mother earth as well i i find such connection and self love and assurance when i'm in nature and i just it's it's so soothing for the soul i so understand that and i know alex you probably have a very again very similar co connection that way in terms of, i mean we all do it's a fluid the who we are continues to evolve how we perceive ourselves to be a year ago when I was asking this question I was saying I, I I probably lead with the comedian when in fact the the spiritual the luminary leader is the biggest part of who I am but I I probably lead with the comedian before mm. anything else so it, it is a progression but I, I, it's interesting to me that both of you and Alex you know I'm sure you've had a, a similar feeling about stepping away from you know a very seen 
out in the world powerhouse kind of media related situation and then having it you know that it shift into this understanding and i think that that post covid that the embrace of those changes is so necessary you want to talk to that at all alex well you know, i mean one of the things that i really appreciate about when I say I, I, my identity is that of a, a child of the earth, um, I, I love that that doesn't preclude all my other identities, right? You right. know, it's no, sort it's of a great like point, of course. Base identity, right? It, it's the it's it's where I start from, what I, as you say, lead from. Um, but I still retain these these other things. But it has allowed me to have, a, I think, a level of of peace and comfortability uh, with with myself, with my with my soul, with my life choices, uh, in a way that clinging to something that is not quite as solid as the earth. Yeah. When you when you hitch your identity to to that, um, it it's it's. Uh, it's like you're not you're not standing on that solid ground, you know. I mean, it, the the wind can move it around, you know. Yeah. I, mean, I I you're referring to the fact that I've worked in television for many years, and and but you know, TV stations close, people get canned all the time from from media jobs. I mean, it's very um, it's very uh, nebulous as a field, you know. So you can be that what you say powerhouse, you know, media person one moment, but you can be out oh, the door. Of course. But I, but I think that it's really the, you know, the connect, the ego connection, uh, the identity, whereas, um, you know, and I've certainly have, you know, Anita and I have talked about this um, as, as someone who, and I'm still in, in the business uh, of show, but, but, you know, have done the, the, the depth work of, you know, or continue to do, but a lot of it, <laughs> it rears its head every now and then. Um, uh, the, the, the separation from the ego hit of that, you know, of clinging to those identities and that constant, you know, mm -hmm. dopamine, uh, you know, hit, but, um, but, and, and, and the relationship to earth, the powerhouse relationship to earth is of course, uh, far exceeds anything but you've got to do your work to get into that because as I said, and that's why you're on my show, nature is not a part of our identity any longer. We as humans, it's just not a part of our identity. So let's, and we'll get into your, re, you know, the people that you work with and why you think that is, but I want to hear, our listeners want to hear, and somewhat briefly, uh, your, your um, and you shared some of this, uh, Anita, um, but how did you begin to understand that you wanted to reweave your, uh, what compelled you to begin mm -hmm. to reweave your relationship with nature? And then how did that blossom into the work that you're doing today? Yeah, thank you, um, Sandra. And yeah, I, I alluded to a little bit of it. Um, so I, I ran a, a nonprofit arts organization for 18 years. And then when the pandemic hit, uh, all of my funders, overnight, you know, pulled out all of my sponsors and I was going deeper and deeper into this debt and feeling responsible for uh, my staff that were across the country. And there's just this, this weight that sat on me that 
got me like so in my head and so worried about the future and just so uptight. And I was asking everybody and anyone who would listen, what, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And then one day I brought that very question to my business coach and she asked me, well, Anita, what do you typically do when you're feeling stressed? I'm like, well, you know, go for a walk in the woods. She's like, perfect. Okay. Here's what you're going to do. Next 30 days, every single day, you are going to go for a walk in the woods. And I'm like, ah, no, I I can't do that. Right. Like who has time? And this is, this is something that I hope you and your listeners, we're all going to touch on this. Yes. Because we don't, we don't have time. We don't have time. We keep telling ourselves we don't have time. I don't have time to do that because I need to work on fixing this problem. And my business coach is like, no, Anita, this is what you're going to do. And I remember thinking at the time, you know, what kind of business coach tells her client to go into, into the woods, you know, like I need business advice, not nature therapy, but this was the best thing she could have told me to do because I, I forced myself to, to do this. And every morning um, at the crack of dawn, because that was the only way I could figure out how I was going to make this work is I was going to get up extra early. I was going to head out into, into the woods and I'm a stickler for commitment. I think it's really important that we honor the commitments, particularly the ones we make for ourselves. So I'm like 30 days. Okay. I'm going to do this every day, 30 days up at, you know, six 30 in the morning out the door and go for, go for a stomp in the woods. And, um, the beautiful thing about going at that time of the day, particularly early in the pandemic as well, there was nobody anywhere to be seen. I had, I had the woods to myself and I consequently did a lot of speaking out loud to, <laughs> to God, the universe, the squirrels, and again, just demanding, what am I supposed to do? And I was initially quite angry uh, at this you know, prospect of losing my business and fearful, as I mentioned earlier. And slowly, ever so slowly over time, there was a, a settling that happened, a connection that was starting to happen and i was not that only in in nature i was feeling it in nature it was just this this calming effect Mm. and i started to notice more that was around me in my environment and noticing all the different shades of green that this forest had and how the light came through the trees and the the sound of the 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 creek, you know, trickling over the rocks and the chirping of the birds and just all of this stuff. Even I could smell that the heather blossoms, they were so rich in the air that I felt like I could taste them. Like it was all my senses came alive Mm. in nature. And in this, this awareness and connection to my environment, I started to feel a, a, a love for everything that was around me. And that love seeped over more to a love of of self and just this this calming feeling. And um, and then I, I asked again in this quieter, calmer space, what am I supposed to do? And that's when I started to actually hear some answers. <laughs> there was, was this bubble. Well, the, the first the first answer that came to me was that I wanted to actually close my business. And I'm like, what? <laughs> no, I don't I want to see my identity. That totally, totally. I'm like, no, I I don't want, do I? Do I want to close my business? And that was the question that I kept going back into the forest afterwards asking, is that what I want? Do I really want? And I realized that I did want, I had wanted to actually get out of that business for years, 
but my fear of not knowing what else I could possibly do kept me so rooted and stuck in this space until a time came where I was forced to really look at it and question, mm -hmm. what is it that I really want? So and now, so, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. Well, and, and <laughs> now I, I, I find that that's, that's my go-to. I go into nature to find the answers. And I, I believe that we all have the answers within us. And we've been so trained to, you know, like look outside for answers. We've been, we've been told, you know, who, who we are. We've been told who we should be. We've been told what we should wear, how we should look, how much we should weigh, what kind of job we should have, when we should get married, we should have kids by a certain, all these things that we've been told by society and our parents. And, you know, the list goes on, yeah. but when you, you are able to separate yourself from all of that and quiet that noise then you can listen to what you really want who so you really how did this blossom what work did this blossom into being in nature <laughs> just quiet, but stepping away and unplugging from the noise and quieting down and connecting with your environment you know like Eckhart Tolle says that you know like that you uh -oh. Right, like you gotta quiet that noise to be present into in the now to stop worrying about the future or 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 telling the stories of the past, yeah. you know. And and that for me, nature has helped me right. find that presence so I can connect with my higher self and understand what direction I should be taking. What's the next step for me to move in? Understood. Comes from presence understood bingo bingo and but i but i wanted you to tell people what it was that you were doing my are you wanting my five-step process for connecting with your higher <laughs> self <laughs> well over actually overall what you you know how did your love of nature move you into the work that you're doing um and what you're doing now and um and actually maybe we can i'm, I'm gonna go back and, and talk about this with alex and then we'll talk about both of what the work that you're doing so Alex, yeah. what was your moment where you, you know, start knew that you were reweaving your relationship with, with nature? It's really interesting because I run a symposium, as you mentioned, and I talk to people and I have had Anita on my symposium and a number of other people and work in this sphere, um, work in helping to connect people and nature more deeply, reconnect people with nature. And I talk to people all over the world. So um, we had one symposium, um, I, I guess it was the one a year, the, a year and a half ago where I had eight countries represented among the speakers in that symposium. So I was talking to people from eight different countries and their stories are so similar. And it's so interesting because over and over, I hear something really similar and listening to Anita talk, this is my book, by the way, speak of a shameless plug. Um, <laughs> yes. Was describing is like, it sounds like it came out of the pages of this book. When you talk about that peace descending, how you begin to, um, how you begin to tune in to that, that your, your senses all come back online. We're all living with sensory overload, you know, and it's that it's when you allow yourself to do as Anita did and go, just go out, you know, get into the midst of a natural setting, whether it's a forest or it's something else, it's about being outside. Yeah. Um, it's amazing that things start to wake back up. If you give yourself 
that gift, you know, repeatedly. Give yourself a little time, but your smell improves and your eyesight and you hear things that you had no idea were there. Um, but in answer to your question, I, you know, my story is similar to Anita's. I kind of hit a hit a, a wall, which is what happens to most people who turn this direction. Um, things weren't weren't working the way you know I wanted them to work in my life. I had I had moved to a new location. Really happy about the move. Closer to family. Was excited about it. But it also meant pulling up roots in an area where I had lots of connections. Um, people knew me, and I knew lots of people. And I, I had been there for many years. You know. And came to an area where where did you know. come from i moved from south dakota to uh north carolina mm. so it's a big move um and uh, but but it was great it was wonderful i loved i was happy to do it loved everything about it except that everything was in upheaval you know and yeah. if you look at that list of the things that are most stressful you know in life moving is one of them honest to god i don't know how anita does it moving around i am a cancer <laughs> And I could not be a nomad, right? I am a, I am a person who uh, home is very important to me. And um, it's and, inspiring. And yes, indeed. At any rate, um, it was that move that sort of sent me into a spiral of, I, I don't, you know, did I do, do the right thing? What am I going to do now? I've, I've lost several connections and several business connections as well. And kind of starting new things. And um, so I started and we also got a dog. So that was part of the move. We were going to get a, we were going to get a dog. You know, we told the kids when we move in our new house, we're going to get a dog, you know, so I got a puppy and the puppy, you know, and that's a, that a lot of people, this is a, this is a thing too. And in, in the book, I actually say that, like, if you need some motivation, go get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And walk that dang dog, you know? And so I started, you know, just taking walks, which had never been a part of my reality before. Unlike Anita, I was not, I'm just walking in a neighborhood. I wasn't walking in the forest. Um, like a lot of people, I just, I was walking down my block, you know? Yeah. That, that was kind of when the same kinds of things, the same experiences that Anita had um, started to occur for me as well. Yeah, and wanting to share that with people and get them engaged and excited about the same sort of things that you that you both discovered, that anyone who spends time in nature discovers. So what do you do? I want to get into the busyness, but part of, you know, there's a lot of ways that people are disconnected. And busyness is certainly a way. But do you deal with clients that you know, that have other ways of disconnect, be it cultural, be it um, racial, you know, I mean, it's it sad, but true that that's a thing. Is it, you know, uh, generational? Um, do you do what, how do you deal with those kinds of clients, ways that people really feel disconnected or they're urban and they can't get out? I mean, this makes me think about forest bathing. What What is your sense of feeling? Well, I'll save the forest bathing question for later. I have I have some thoughts on forest bathing. Yeah. Oh, good. I, I rest assured they're probably similar. But but I mean, how do you deal how, with this? Do you, I should say, do you deal with the, a variety of clients that way? And if so, how, what do you, how do you help a vast array of people who may not have access to the forest like you do, Anita. Um, uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I, you know, Alex, uh, 
nailed it when she said you don't really need a forest you don't need a wild environment you just need to be outside you know and there's trees <laughs> there's grass there's you know a pond somewhere there's a puddle <laughs> you know right. you know just getting outside and walking around in your neighborhood is focus really and presence to it focus and presence it's really what it is it's, it's unplugging it's unplugging yeah. from the material world the computers the cell phones it's stepping outside, breathing in the fresh air, and just getting present to your environment wherever you you are. And if if you're you know even if you're you can't get outside because you're you're sick, sit by a window, you know, and just take in the the beauty that is outside. You know, it's obviously it's better to be in the physical environment. I think if you can be in a wild environment, it's you you feel the benefits faster. Is my interpretation but it's not necessarily what you have to to have what my the biggest obstacle is um that i've experienced and maybe you've experienced this too alex is simply the attitude of i'm too busy which i i wore that badge proudly you know i'm too busy i'm so busy i'm so busy you know i don't have time for this but the yeah. reality is when you make time for yourself in this way by stepping away and unplugging from your computers and the busyness of life, that you actually become more productive because time in nature, and there's tons of studies around this, time in nature helps to calm the mind so you, you can think more clearly. You mm. find solutions to problems quicker. You are in a more creative zone when you have, yeah and you're you're able to actually produce more when you make time for for yourself and you you unplug well and we you know in our quick little um um promotional video we talked about this and i said i i it's completely um capitalism and this notion and patriarchal society that you are you are worthless if you are not producing and mm. if you are not if you're not busy you know this addiction to busyness and this addiction to producing and the importance and again that's part of identity is mm -hmm. is this the, the the thrill of getting things done and the sense of and i think it's really horrible for women in particular that if i don't if i'm not producing if i'm not then i'm not worthy yeah yeah one of those um this, Alex, those Alex? bullshit rules that we have oh, to learn oh. to break right you know totally. like and we, yeah totally like, anita yeah yeah um in, in answer to your question sandra about working with people i definitely agree with anita i have a lot of folks in my community who who talk about being busy Time is a huge thing. And so a big part of what I teach in all the work that I do is the fact that you do not need a ton of time. You do not need a forest. You do not need a ton of time. And so another thing that a lot of the folks that I work with are contending with is a lot of them are getting older. Many of a lot of folks in my audience are in their 40s, 50s, 60s and up and their knees don't work like they did. They've had a hip replacement. 
they're tired, um, they're, you know, their back hurts. And so, um, so that's another thing that clients that I work with and students contend with. They're just like, well, what do I do if I've, I've got two, you know, two replaced knees here, or, you know, I've got, or, or, um, you know, I've, I've had a heart attack and my doctor says I'm supposed to walk, but I don't know. I'm nervous about it. I don't have a whole lot of energy. I mean, I have a lot of people like that who are like, how can I, you know, how can I do this whole nature thing? I don't have a forest by me. I don't have an hour and a half to go spend. So almost all of my work is around teeny weeny, teeny tiny little, little snippets of time in nature. And I call this mindful walking. And, and really that's three elements. Get outside, get present and get moving however that looks for you so it's about just getting quiet getting in an outside space and then i you know teach you little ways to to connect quickly if you got five minutes if you got 10 minutes or 20 minutes and if you've got a sidewalk or you've got a back garden or whatever it is you have you know we work with that and um I, 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 the, the message then for everyone listening is that if you are ambulatory and if you are ambulatory you can mindfully walk and if you are not you can mindfully stand or sit or lie in a natural environment and you will still benefit absolutely 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 there was um may I just interject here oh, uh, there was and i know i know alex is familiar with this there was a study that was done by yale university a couple of years ago and they showed that uh, that it was only 120 minutes a week that one needed to um, invest in nature to reap the benefits and that 120 minutes could be all in, in one go or they that could be broken up into little um, fragments over the course of the week however however you want and um, i know that alex and i both agree that we that we believe that it's best to to get out daily make it a daily Absolutely. habit so that breaks down to like something like 17 point for four seconds or whatever, 17 minutes and like 40 seconds or something like that, you know? So it's not a lot of time that is really needed to be outside to experience the benefits. It's really about consistency, you know, yeah. consistently getting out. And both of you speak in your work to the, you know, and everything that you've shared that the, the benefit of being outside and the calming presence brings you internally and brings you to, to clarity of self, self-compassion, self-love, mm -hmm. which of course then begins to flow out to others in your life. It's extraordinary. It's just extraordinary. And it's, it's this, the, 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 the resistance to going out and gifting oneself with the possibility of that, with the connection to all that is and mm -hmm. the deeper connection to the self that would I mean, not only help all the problems that one is experiencing, well, begin to help, give some clarity in solutions to the challenges that one might be facing. But it, if we all did that, think of the solutions that we, we could come up with for climate change, for war, for all the things that we are facing. That, that sense, that connection of self, self-care, nature, it, the interconnectedness of all things. You know, I, I had a physician on the um, symposium a while back tell me if 
connection to nature and time in nature was a drug, you would not be able to keep it on the shelf anywhere, anywhere. Oh, that's brilliant. Not only, like, you can list, you know, you'd need more fingers to list all the physical benefits. And you're just talking about sort of more esoteric, you know, which all of which are also yes. true and proven benefits. But lower blood pressure, lower uh, risk of every disease, lower cancer risk, the phytoncides in the trees help us fight cancer. You know, just seeing green lowers your blood pressure. I mean, it's it's crazy. All of these all of these benefits that come just from being in the in the outdoors. And then in my case, when I'm talking about mindful walking, it's like you step outside and boom, you've got benefit. You get really quiet in your mind, get mindful, and boom, you've got another whole list of benefits. Some cross mm -hmm. over, some are different. And then the, the third thing, you get moving, and we know, you know, just a little bit of movement is has a whole nother list of benefits, right? For if it, as opposed to being sedentary. And when you put right. these three things together, when you're in the outdoors, when you're present, quiet in your mind, and you add a little movement to that, oh my God, it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, like what are you waiting for, people? It's a magic pill. Yeah. <laughs> I feel a comedy show coming on between the two of you. Like, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean the mental health benefits, the emotional benefits, the uh, immune benefits, the 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 actual physical benefits, the all of it. You know, the the health of the planet. It just yeah, it's a drug. It's a pill. Yep. Okay. And, and, and listeners, I mean, all you have to do is Google um, nature and uh, mental health, uh, nature and physical health, and, and the, the number of articles and information and books, including at the work that these women are doing. I mean, run, don't walk. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. So, yes, the work yeah. Yeah. One of the things, and I'm sure Anita runs into this, is that we have people who just, and I, I actually address it in the book. I have a chapter called, Is It Too Simple? Because people do not think. It's just like Anita said herself when her business coach told her that. She's like, how can that be a thing? How is that even, you know? Totally. The most simple. We want to make it hard for ourselves or it's not worth it, right? Right. <sighs> yeah. Okay. I have to before before we get into what what what's what's on your leading edge. I do want to step. I want to circle back to that forest bathing thing. What are your thoughts on forest bathing? Well, we're basically that's what we we do. I, that's what I look at it as just investing time in nature is forest bathing. Really, Indeed. you're just taking it. You're taking it in. You know, and the, the, the idea of bathing is slowing down, right? So you're, you're relaxing in a, a natural, beautiful environment and you bathe or bask in that beautiful environment. A lot of people, they, they go for a walk and it's just like, I'm, and I, I did that, you know, like, I'm just like on power my walk. power, power walk. And, you know, and that feels, that feels good too. And there's a time and place for that. But forest bathing is it's a more relaxed, slowing Slower, down process. Self-care, listening, okay. being quiet. Exactly, yeah. I, I love that. Um, Alex, Can weigh in. Yes, before I comment, please weigh in, Alex. I just want to say, I mean, 
I think the idea of forest bathing and that the, the whole Japanese concept of Shinrin Yoku is mm -hmm. is beautiful and and lovely and I'm all for it. And it is and the, the actual term forest bathing is a prescribed way of engaging with mm -hmm. the natural world, right? So we're kind of using the term loosely, but the Shinrin Yoku has is a particular way of of engaging. And that's fine. And a lot of people love it. I don't love the idea of it or the term because I think it suggests to people that you need a forest, right, to get right. the um, to get these benefits. And so, um, when when I don't I don't use the word forest bathing and I don't talk about it because because of that. And and yeah. it, there are so many people in this world who don't live who aren't you know, who aren't living in a forest, right? including, you know, tons of people who are living out in the middle of this country. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. So that, that's my feeling about that. I feel it, it's a little bit hemming in and I much I, prefer to talk about nature connection um, to, you know, yeah. them bathing or mindful uh, walk. Yes. Yeah. You've both made great points. I think that the only um, last point that I would make around it is I think anything that gets people connected to nature is beautiful. Yeah. And yes. what, and I agree with everything that you've just, both of you have just said, I, but I do have some problem with the fact that, um, that one is required or, or that if someone were the, the sense of needing to get a piece of paper to get certified, in forest bathing. I do have an issue with that. That's I didn't even know that was a thing, actually. That's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's okay. Thing, is that there's no, a, you don't you know, need certified to go out. And, yeah. Uh, that, that there's paper. some sort of, you know, it puts a barrier to it. It's, but it's, it, again, it's a disconnect. Yeah. To nature. It is a disconnect. I mean, like in, in the actual desire to be in nature, it's a disconnect. Yeah, that's one of those. That's another bullshit rule, right? Like, just like, just get out and, and enjoy life. Follow the beat of your own heart, you know, and and connect with your natural environment. Oh, my kitty here wants to connect in his natural environment right here on my little <laughs> lap. It's so sweet. Thank you for waiting to the end of our time. Okay, ladies, what is on your leading edge? Let's start with you, Alex. Oh boy! What's what's next for you, or what's up huge right now? What are you promoting? All that jazz. Yeah, well, um, everything that I'm promoting always is at themindfulwalker.com, and it changes regularly. But in 2024, uh, I will be taking aggregating a whole bunch of the resources that I've created over the last several years, uh, including my brand new Mindful Walkers journal, and putting them all in a shop. So that is oh, my fantastic for the year so that people can pick and choose and if you just need a little thing you can get a little thing and if you want a whole lot of support from me you can get a whole lot of support and you can find it all in one place and that'll all be at the mindfulwalker.com so i'm excited to um to to put everything together because you know like a lot of people who've been doing this kind of work for a number of years you create this little thing and you make this little thing and i've got a card deck and i've got books and journals and digital stuff and other stuff and i'm going to put it all together in one store at the mindfulwalker.com and to make it easier for folks to access. So I that's love that. 
and and folks can work with you around the globe our listeners are are around the globe so you know you everyone can tune into you and work with you and and be purchasing the book on your website where else is the is the book the card deck and the card deck yeah yeah the play it's a card deck of mindful walks that goes with the pretty book so lovely um, uh, and the it, it, best thing to do is just go to the mindfulwalker.com. I mean, it's on Amazon. It's available around the world, but uh, different different countries have it different way. You can access it easiest from the website. So, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. And Anita, what's on your leading edge? Well, I'm really excited to share that I'm launching my book, uh, Whispers of the Soul, which is uh, going to be available at the end of January 2024. And uh, this has been a, a, a project that has been such a delight to work on. Uh, I shared a little bit of the story. It was uh, the pinnacle point was um, feeling that that sense of loss of my identity and what was going to happen in my future, which sent me into the woods. And uh, I wrote uh, I wrote a book about that journey and the spiritual journey that um, unfolded um, as a result of my business coach insisting that I get in, into nature and um, and that's also led to a coaching practice. Uh, it's all about guiding people to their highest self. You know, there's um, I call it the wisdom way. You uh, there's two ways of living in the world. There's the foolish way, which is the unconscious way, and then there's the wisdom way, and that is. Uh, that is, you know, the conscious way of being. And I believe highly that it's uh, our, our goal in life to live in this higher state of who we are. And for me and many, it's uh, nature has been the portal uh, to get there. So I'm really excited about sharing that book with the world. <laughs> um, I want to touch a lot of lives um, with it. And it comes with a companion workbook to help you uh, transform uh, into the, the conscious way, the wisdom way of living. So thank you for asking. Of course. Well, I'm going to share with my listeners. I was gifted the opportunity to read this book and I'm very grateful and I'm looking forward to reading your book, Alex. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> excellent. Um, Anita, it's a wonderful book as I, as I, as I've already told you folks, um, these two ladies are brilliant purchase mm -hmm. their books they are brilliant <laughs> humans mm -hmm. and um so the thing that was most that i loved the most about the book for myself reading it was the reconnection to self-care yes. self-care as self-love and i think you know at this time of the year we're at the end of the year people are always reviewing their year and I'm not one for resolutions, but I'm always one for being honest about where I can uh, upgrade and up-level things. And um, self-care is is at the top of my, just for all the reasons we said, uh, the busyness that we all feel in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's great. So people can find you and the book and where can that happen, Anita? Um, my, well, it'll be on Amazon, but you can also go to whispersofthesoulbook.com and uh, all the information will be there. So. And they can find, to work with you, everything to work one-on-one -on -one with Alex, it's at the same website that you've already, and that'll be in the show notes, everybody. To work one-on-one -on -one with you, Anita, is that, that's a separate 
Um, I know. I, I, I listened to Alex and she's like, uh, everything in one spot. And I'm like, wow, I should totally do things better and different. Um, my longer standing website is joyfulinspiredliving.com. And you can find information about my book there as well. So it's joyfulinspiredliving.com. And uh, yeah, there's, that's where I should and you're, be directing. You do retreats and you work one-on-one. Yes. And yeah, yeah, both of you guys do all, all of those things. Yeah. Well, ladies, I thank you. Thank you so much for being a guest on the edge of every day and inspiring us with your wisdom. And mm. I'm going to search for this uh, beautiful quote that I wanted to share with our listeners before I give you both the last word before we say goodbye. Every walk in the woods is a religious rite. Every bath in the stream is a saving ordinance. Communion service is at all hours and the bread and wine are from the heart and marrow of Mother Earth. I am in love with this world. I have tilled its soil. I have gathered its harvest. I have waited upon its seasons and always have I reaped what I have sown. I have climbed its mountains, roamed its forests, sailed its waters, crossed its deserts, felt the sting of its frosts, the oppression of its heats, the drench of its rains, the fury of its winds, and always have beauty and joy waited upon my goings and my comings. Joy in the universe and a keen curiosity about it all. That has been my religion. That's a quote by John Burroughs, who was a naturalist in the Catskill Mountains where I am sitting right now. Such a beautiful quote. Oh, isn't it great? My yeah. husband turned me on to John Burroughs, the writing oh. of John Burroughs. Well, ladies, again, I thank you kindly, so kindly for guesting and sharing your wisdom and your insights and last words, Anita, for our listeners. Well, just be the love. <laughs> Simply mm. be, be the oh, love. I love and, that. Uh, be the love. Yes. The love. Yeah. How about you, Alex? Oh, get outside. <laughs> get outside. Be the love and get outside. Step outside. Yes, that would be my last word. Excellent. All right, folks, you can find me at sandrabargeman.com. Of course, you're listening to The Edge of Every Day on Maximize You and streaming on iTunes. You can follow me at Sandra Bargeman at Instagram. You can find me on LinkedIn. We can work one-on-one -on -one in any variety of ways. So again, I thank you all for listening in. And remember, you are always at the edge of the miraculous. Till next time, take good care.